Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers, what the fuck buddies, what the fuck nicks, what the fucksters? How's it going? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. It's the one that you like. It's the podcast that you like. How are you? Is everything all right with that thing on your butt? Huh? Did you get that thing fixed? The thing you were talking about? I don't know how you're driving it if you didn't get it fixed. I don't know how you're riding it if you didn't get it fixed. What are you going to do? Wait for something terrible to happen? Get on it. Hey, congratulations. Two days sober is great. Three days sober is great. Five days sober is great. 30 days sober. Congratulations. Hey, just be nice. Go apologize. Go fucking apologize. Now, go get your fucking shine box. <laughs> Look, I'm the guy. I'm the guy. I guess I'm finally where I always wanted to be. I'm the chronically broken-hearted fuck who spends his life doing comedy. Finally, I didn't think it would happen. I thought, like, you know, the podcast is great, and, you know, I'm glad I'm making some money doing comedy, and I'm glad I got an audience for my comedy, and I'm happy to perform for the people. But back when I was a younger man, I thought, what has to happen for me just to go all in, in a way, with my heart and soul and mind and everything else into just being a real fucking comic. And I figured back then, well, I mean, something's got to crush you. Something's got to take it out of you. Something's got to, you know, just kill something inside of you. Yeah, finally, I'm that guy. I'm the chronically brokenhearted guy that goes out there and opens up for the strangers, lets them in, and then leaves and feels satisfied in his hotel room 90% 90% of the time. Finally, I've all my dreams are coming true. Today on the show, Jesus Trejo, who's a young comic who can only look forward to what I just talked to you about. Uh, he's touring a lot. I met him at the comedy store. He used to work the lot and work the door, and now he's a paid regular over there, and he has a show on the First We Feast YouTube channel called Tacos Con Todo, and uh, I'm on the latest episode. You know, I got to be honest with you. I'm not a um, I'm not a huge uh, California Mexican food dude. Uh, I I guess it's because I grew up in New Mexico. I don't know, but you know I'll eat just about anything once or nine times or for my entire life. It's hard to know what that's going to be. Lately, I've been craving Asian soups, and that's new. But I think it's a carb hookup with the noodles. I think secretly, 
I've always been afraid of pasta because of the carbs. But for some reason, I think if the noodles are an Asian soup, they're not the same kind of carbs. It's just a bowl full of pasta, which is not fucking true. But I did, uh, I did the um, the tacos con todo. We went to this place that's uh, kind of in this garage space next to a factory that stonewashes blue jeans. And this guy makes the best goat tacos, some sort of goat uh, preparation. And he's just doing it there until he runs out. I think he's got a deal going with the guy that runs the factory that stonewashes pants, which we took a tour of for the show. We weren't supposed to be in there, but we just saw these vats and big... Uh, big uh, containers full of like pumice rock and uh, they really do actually stonewash the jeans but this place does it on a big scale for big companies and it's a you know it's not a great looking factory does not look safe in any way and neither do the tacos to be honest with you but I ate them I ate some goat tacos and I ate some goat spinal cord and I ate goat with gravy uh, on it on a tortilla and I did all that stuff for Jesus because uh, he wanted me to and uh, I like him and he was one of those guys who I just saw all of a sudden, anyways, to me, pop and become funny right before my very eyes. Did I mention I'm the chronically brokenhearted guy out there on the road pretending like he doesn't have a broken heart, entertaining the people? That's me, finally. I made it. I made it. Where's the sad guy? Nope. Not sad. That's so not true. I am so far into the sadness uh, in the bits. It's amazing. And these people... Are amazing too. These lucky people who are able to engage in the pre-sale right now for all of these new dates. New dates. The password is TIME, T-I-M-E. General admission tickets go on sale tomorrow, Friday, June 3rd. For these dates, are you ready? Indianapolis, Indiana on Friday, August 5th at the Old National Theater. Louisville, Kentucky on Saturday, August 6th at the Beaumard Theater. Yeah, let's say it like that. Lincoln, Nebraska on Thursday, August 18th at the Rococo Theater. Des Moines, Iowa on Friday, August 19th at Hoyt Sherman Place. Iowa City on Saturday, August 20th at the Englert Theater. Tucson, Arizona on Friday, September 16th at the Rialto Theater. Phoenix, Arizona on Saturday, September 17th at Stand Up Live. And Boulder, Colorado on Thursday, September 22nd at the Boulder Theater. The Phoenix ones are on sale now. No pre-sale on that one. And also, I'm going to be in Vegas next month. Go to WTFPod.com slash tour uh, for all of these links to all of these dates. And the pre-sale is currently happening. The password is time. And I will bring my chronically broken heart, stifled bullshit right to your town. You want in? Do you want in? It's watermelon time. Here's what's going on. You know, it's the drought is very frightening out here in California. Fires are very frightening. I've talked about this before, and I realize, like, how much time do I have to get out? You see, what's going to happen is we're all going to need to leave the West Coast. And the West Coast, according to some on the, you know, the more uh, radicalized right-wingy types, uh, we're the problem. The elitist, progressive, liberal Jews of whatnot. And by the way, woke means Jew. By the way, big pharma, Jew. By the way, socialist, Jew. But here's the point. Whether we are those things or not, Jews or not, progressives or not, Democrats or not, is eventually climate change is going to force a migration. 
Now, the way things are going now in this, what they call the, uh, it's not a democracy according to the uh, ultra-right people. It's a constitutional republic. So I imagine at some point the Midwest is going to balkanize into something that is against the rest of the world. Some sort of, I've talked about this before, I think some sort of Christian, fascist, rape culture, forced birth shit show. And it's starting to feel to me like, you know, right around the time we're going to have to get out of the West Coast and the Western states because of drought and fire and everything else and migrate inland, we're, they might close off their, their boundaries to the, new, uh, to the new country within the mid, Midwest. And we're going to have to fight it out. And that's going to be weird. We're going to have uh, civil wars over water within the country. That's, I'm prophesizing, but this is also maybe advanced cue. I don't know. I'm making it up as I go along. But what I'm saying is maybe it's time for all of us progressives and radicals and Jews and uh, Democrats of all kinds, all the people, trans people, all of us, the big tent to just sort of quickly and rapidly move inland and just start offering people in Arkansas and Idaho and uh, not Idaho so much, maybe Oklahoma and uh, and Kansas, just offering them money for their houses and, and moving in. That'll change the um, political profile of the state, just the mass migration of progressives into the Midwest before they close down the border and we become two countries. Anyway, just speculating, just thinking out loud. I got my sprinklers fixed. I'm trying to comply and I don't know. It's just so fucking sad because like I know what's going on, you know, and I know it's, you know, I, I don't want to use too much water, but I also want to enjoy my yard and that might mean I have to leave. I have to leave. There's no reason I can't enjoy my yard. The only reason is because I live in a state that's got no water and it's about to all be on fire. I got to get out. I got to get out before they close the border of Oklahoma. Listen, Jesus Trejo is here. The episode of Tacos Con Toto that I'm on, uh, you can watch it now at the First We Feast YouTube channel. And uh, I like this kid. I like this kid. He's, he's coming up. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get Get your podcasts. So what happened? You were what? What did you do? You were at CBS. What happened? Yeah, I had a I had a meeting. It was a notes meeting. I got this project brewing. Oh yeah, you know we sold a project and yeah, uh, yeah we're getting notes and then getting ready to take it out wide. Oh, so it's a project. Yeah, it's a uh, it's is it a sitcom? Yeah, a sitcom for you. Yeah, for me. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> that was loaded. That was a loaded. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> It's still happening. <laughs> you went out there and you sold a little show. Yeah, man. I'm 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 just trying, you know, just uh, enjoying comedy and 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 just yeah, putting stuff on paper to see if people like it. If not, you keep creating. So, I guess. what was the process? Is this your first like deal? Uh, we had taken out some stuff, but this is the first one where we, as in you and who. I, I co-wrote it with uh, Caesar, one of the. So he's a writer. He's the only Latino writer on The Simpsons, and we're, oh yeah, we're we're co. Uh, taking this thing out and it's been great. It's, uh, you know, um, yeah. So, so this is your time, man. Hopefully, we'll see. <laughs> I, I, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how the cookie crumbles, but, you know, just excited and putting in the work. And uh, So what was the process? What did you do? You wrote a script or you just got an idea? Uh, pitch. Yeah, we put a pitch together. We went different uh, production companies. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Cloud9, you know, the idea re- really resonated with them. Oh, and so they're a production company. A production company, yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, so and they have a first look with CBS and you know we got paired up Caesar and I and we really hit it off you know it's like you know only childs uh, grew up in a very similar family dynamic oh, yeah? and uh, we yeah we put this thing together and and you know the project uh, Inner Child is a running title of it right now oh yeah and so it, he had a deal with CBS uh, no Cloud Nine did. oh yeah oh yeah. but so Caesar you didn't know him though they put him no in? no no yeah they introduced us well it, it's funny because I met him years before I went in an audition for a project that uh, he had called High and Mighty uh-huh. and uh, that he had I, written that he had written yeah, yeah. directed the whole shebang yeah went out audition met, uh, met him there so when we met in the room Cloud Nine put us together yeah I was like hey you look familiar you look familiar and we kind of look kind of the same it's like a it's like an nft variant you know yeah. where it's the same thing <laughs> that's what it's like we're both <laughs> nft variants of each other and uh, it just clicked and we were able to really bring some stuff to paper and we we want to take it out to streaming services like uh uh-huh. like a netflix hulu amazon okay um, so what is the show that i did that's yours the taco show how does that work man uh tacos con todo which by the way <laughs> Thank you for doing it. I didn't. I, I mean, when when I was in the parking lot, I I, I remember walking into the store and you walked by. He's like, "I think I'm doing that thing." I said, "Wow, thank you so much, Mark." <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I I couldn't believe it, and it and, and it meant the world. This is uh, tacos con todo. It's you know we have it over at uh, um, first we feast complex. What it, is that? Uh, first we feast is, is so they do hot ones. Okay. Oh so, yeah. So they have a have ton you of. Been on that show? No. Oh. No, I have I, not yet. I've never been on that show. That's where you eat the pepper, uh, the wings, and each wing gets gradually hotter, and they yeah. ask you hot questions. How you, yeah, right, right. Yeah, so uh, I don't know why they never asked me to be on it. Oh, I'm I'm sure they want to have you on. You it. You think so? Yeah. I, well, we didn't think you were gonna do tacos con todo. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like they would love to have you over there. <laughs> believe me. And um, so yeah, they so this show we're on the third season. Uh, Justin Bolas, who's an amazing, I mean, I tell him all the time, he's a genius. He's yeah. he's now the VP over at uh, uh, First We Feast, and he is he's amazing. He's all things food. He's in. He's dialed yeah. in. Yeah. And uh, I guess he had saw a podcast that I had done with uh, with Bobby Lee. Yeah. And um, reached out. We had meetings and, and and that kind of thing. So they already had this IP and this idea, and they said, like, "Would you like to host it?" I'm like, "I've never hosted anything. Way to like block my blessings." You know, yeah. as I say that in a, a meeting, I've never hosted yeah, yeah. before. I don't know how to do any of that. Yeah. That's the self sabotaging aspect sure. of the comic, you know, or, I mean? or honesty. Yeah, <laughs> honesty. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. <laughs> and um, he was just very kind. He really understood uh, the angle yeah. that I that I brought to the table and. I, I love his work. Which was what? You know tacos? 
I, I'm I'm a I'm a guy with a belly, so that's my credential, I guess. I, I got. But is the whole show tacos? So it's it's basically eating foods. Like we basically map out all the great taco spots that are popping up everywhere from trucks to backyard speakeasies. So it's all tacos. Tacos. And then I get to talk to comedians who I'm friends with. Eating tacos. Eating tacos. Now, let me just ask you now, because I I was trying to figure it out. So... (laughs) (laughs) Tell tell me what I ate. You ate birria, which is uh, goat meat. Right. I don't mind goat. I've eaten Arab goat before, Indian goat. Maybe some Greek goat. This is the first, I think, Mexican goat I've eaten. Yeah, this is so. So there's been a like a like like a big birria craze in LA. Is that they, true? Yeah, because I, mean, I am not on the pulse. I didn't know there was a big goat craze going well, on. Well, I think food trucks and tacos yeah, right yeah. now is like are having a big moment. Right, and it's like you know, in that area where you went to to go eat birria. Yeah, where uh, was that? That was in Boyle Heights. Okay. Yeah, right in front of the projects right there. Right. Uh, great area of like just so many food trucks. And uh, so the one that we took you to was- uh, It was in a factory, I think. Yeah. So we <laughs> took you to one of the best spots. It's not even a birria taco, which is what's popular right now. Yeah. They make it in a taco. They yeah. put cheese. This is out of the oven. Yeah. Consomme, which is a- like you know, kind of the Yeah, the yeah. soup that came with it. Yeah. And But that's the most authentic- uh, style of birria yeah. you could possibly have. And I just thought it was so great to put you in that space because it's like this guy, Hector, is is like blowing up because he does such an authentic recipe and the food is so great. Can he handle the uh, the orders? Does he get, I mean... I mean, scarcity. Just, I mean, it, it just it, goes until it runs out. It goes until it runs out. He opens at 8. He's done by 11, yeah. probably even earlier. But this guy started in a garage. So so this guy works yeah. next door at a denim. I know. We went in there. That was crazy. We're in this space in like a, it's not even a parking lot. It's like in between buildings. Yeah. And then there's a denim factory where if they don't make denim, they stonewash it. Yeah. It's only it that's all they do at that place is stonewash shit. Yeah. And we went in there and it was like it was probably not safe. No, not at all. <laughs> we we didn't have a hard hat. We didn't have anything. We didn't Yeah, it the lights good. weren't even on. I know. It's great, but he works there. Yeah, he works there. So, uh the owner of the factory, you know, l- you know, allowed him to kind of set up shop in this alleyway kind of garage. Did he take a cut that guy? I'm sure he does. <laughs> I mean, it's LA, baby. Is he family though? I think so. I think they might be related in some way, but you know, he, he works there during the week. On Saturdays only, he's able to set up shop. Yeah. And the through, like, the connector here was, like, how great would it be to bring in Mark Marin, who yeah. started in a garage and right. had this great right. podcast blow up from there, much like this man who yeah. started in a garage, is still there, but is getting write-ups left and right on, on... I don't think I'd ever had it before. It was all very exciting. Yeah? Yeah. The spinal cord part was my favorite. <sighs> that wasn't great. Oh, it, it wasn't. Tell me what was going through your mind as we're, as, as we're eating this, because I'm so curious. <laughs> no, I'll eat anything. I don't give a shit, man. I'll try everything. But it, I thought it was good. But I remember the spinal cord part, because it looks like spinal cord. Oh, yeah. And that, <laughs> it, why was that your best part? You like it? I mean, it's part of the thing. It's, it's, it's kind of like a mixture of stuff. And I see you kind of picking at it, and you looked over at me, and you're like, God dang it, Jesus. <laughs> like, why'd you bring it? Yeah. That look is like, it's like yeah. yeah. Yeah, because of the spinal cord. That's what. That's what you wanted. You got what you wanted. No, no, that wasn't nah, it. That, that happened to be on there, but it was. It was just. I'm, I mean, I was blown away that you would say yes oh, and you no, would come yeah, out. I mean, yeah. I come on, dude. Yeah. That's all right. I'm a. You know, I'm a fan. I, I'll do things occasionally. Yeah. You know. I mean, I've watched you. Like I, I remember 
Like, because I go to the store, I've been going there on and off for however long. Since 87. Since that when? Since 87, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) but I mean, but like since you've been there, when did you get there? I got there like around 2009 or 10. Really? Yeah, because I got past uh, September 7, 2012. With Adam or Tommy? Uh, Through Tommy. Yeah? Yeah, through Tommy. So when did I get back? I mean, I was around. Yeah, I mean, I was around. So I saw you since when you were like a baby comic. Oh, yeah, for sure you did. Like when did you like what were you door lock guy? Uh, I did a little bit of everything, but mostly it was a lot. Yeah. You know, I, they, they stuck me in the lot. Um, I worked everything. I did phones at the time. Remember the bathroom used to be kind of facing the, uh, the OR, the, like the doors were kind of by right, the, and the phone was there. Uh, the pay phone. Uh, oh, the pay phone. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Uh, so I, I, those bathrooms used to clog up a lot. So Adam was the GM at the time, Adam Egit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, every so often I'd work the back door and he'd be yeah. like, uh, Hey man, <laughs> you got to go, uh, unclog these, uh, toilets. And they were overflow and there was floaties and uh, I'm kicking a turd down the hallway. Oh, I mean, God. it was, it was, I did, I did everything there because I knew it was a uh, opportunity for me to go there. And I was, it was like tuition to yeah. learn. I guess it's so funny. Cause like, I used to think that way too, you know, and I, did, <laughs> and I, and I do, cause I did it, you know, I was a yeah. door guy, but then like I, I heard Chappelle talking about, uh, I can't remember where he was talking about it, but when they, you know, when he found out that there were comics working those jobs, he's like, what? Yeah. Why would you do that? Like, I never really thought about it like that. Because, like, either you buy into the store or you don't, right? So there are people that come in there and they're just sort of like, I just want to do comedy. And she's like, well, you you know, you got to work the door. And they're like, fuck you. I'm going to go. But for me, I was like, all right, I'll just live at this place. Yeah. I'm no stranger to hard work. And I knew that if I could put in some sweat equity into the place, I was going to be a part of the place and really learn about it. So it was... Yeah, I, I took on any shift that I could from seating, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, lot, phones, maintenance. I mean, now, it, was yeah. Mitzi cognizant? Was she conscious when you were there, when you got so there? So Mitzi wasn't involved in a day to day business, but I did get to meet her because I toured with Polly quite a bit, you know, oh, yeah. you, you know, over the years. I met him there at the parking lot. And one of the really cool things. Hey, buddy. Dude, Jose Trejos. <laughs> he called me, he still calls me Jose to this day. I don't think he knows my real name. No, no, he's great. Jose uh, Trejos. But when we would come back from like touring, yeah. he did this really cool thing that I'm so grateful for. It's like, he let me go buy a Christmas tree, and I get to go set it up at Mitzi's place on Doheny. Yeah, and I'd set it up, and she'd be there, and you know, I, I, I Christmas for the Jews. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, it, it was, it was great. I mean, and you know, no more than a couple words of ex, you know exchanging back and forth. I kind of kept to myself, but I, I set up the tree, and it was just to me, it was. You hear this legend of of, of Mitzi like the mother Teresa of comedy, kind of like, Oof. and I was able to see her yeah, there yeah. live. You yeah, know? live. Putting her tree in her house. Yeah, it was and great. She's looking at you, confused. <laughs> yeah, she. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't speak much to her. I, I, yeah, I yeah, kept yeah. to myself. But yeah. the act of that tree was it meant the, it, yeah. it meant the world to me. You I know? just love that the old Jewish lady's got a Christmas tree. They're like <laughs> that a guy named Jesus is setting up <laughs> in her living room, and she barely knows what day it is. It's a beautiful image. Polly's a, a character. So, like, when did uh, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Long Beach, uh, oh, Eastside yeah. Long Beach. Born and raised. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, what was that? When? How old are you now? Uh, I'm I'm 35. 35. Born in '86, the year before you started at the store. (laughs) (laughs) That's your point of reference. Yeah, yeah. Point of reference. So, 
What was what? How big a family? Uh, interesting. So I, I'm 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 only child between my mom and dad. Yeah, but I I do have a pretty uh, big. Uh, I have half siblings. Oh yeah, yeah. They were both married before. Uh, after uh, uh, kind of interesting this is this is a juicy part here <laughs> yeah. the the real spinal cord of the of 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 the conversation yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so uh my mom and dad are not married to each other right you know so my dad is married uh or, or, or was married um to uh, uh so he had another family in mexico essentially okay and uh so yeah my mom did your mom know that uh I think so. I, I I didn't know that. I was late to the party, so it, it, it was like a, a slow reveal of, over the years. And it was like, oh, I started putting two and two together. I'm really? Like, this is gnarly. Wait. So okay. So your dad's living here, but he's legal, right? Uh, so he's an American citizen now. But right. yeah. So he came to the country to work. Meets mom. My dad's a gardener, construction worker. Uh, did construction during the week up in like Palos Verdes. Yeah. And uh, did. Uh, you know, gardening work up there and, yeah. you know, around town. So my mom cleaned houses and she was a nanny. So I like to say that my parents met on the circuit. You yeah, know, yeah. I just, you yeah, know, it's yeah, like yeah. all the people that would go up the hill into Palos Verdes to work. So they met each other and, and um, one thing led to another and then I'm here and then it's like, oh, dad has another family. Really? Yeah. And uh, Was he sending money back or how did it work? No, he was, he, he was going, like for years, he would go um, during Christmas uh, to spend to time, yeah, to spend time with his family. So dad was gone during the holidays, and he'd come back early in uh, the following year. And you didn't know. I, I, I mean, t- I put two and two together. And w- oh, like, how I, old were you? Eventually, I'm like, oh, so that's why mom cries. Uh-huh. I thought mom was a party pooper trying right, to ruin right. Christmas, and it's like, I, I get it, ma. But she's got other kids too. No, my, uh, I'm, I'm my mother's only child. Oh, and but dad has family out there. Oh yeah, yeah. Have you met him? I, I I did through like here and there. It's like there was a so so there was a brother. Where, that, where, where's your dad now? Uh, he's here. Yeah, we're yeah the whole squad's here. Mom, yeah. dad, and I. <laughs> so and um, so you met him. What do you mean you met? Him? Uh, I, I I met. So I had met a brother, uh, a half brother of mine, uh, when I was younger, and I didn't know the context or who he was. And then he went back. Then he came out here for a little bit, stayed with us, and then. I'm a slow learner, Mark. Yeah. So eventually, I'm like, ah, you're you're a half sibling, right? And then during COVID, there was a situation that happened, and they Just all now? came down here, like uh, in 2020, height of 2020, like yeah. I'd say, like a uh, height of pandemic, maybe like it was the summer, so maybe August. Yeah, uh, they came down, and I got to meet them all, and they're like, again, NFT versions of like my dad. I'm like, oh, this mustache, but in a different way, right. you know, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. slightly taller dad. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. a chunky younger dad. Yeah, yeah it's a. And uh, so, brothers and sisters. How so, many? Uh, four that I know of. <laughs> yeah. So you can't get information. I, I, I mean, it's it's a need to know basis. I think as well. My dad, he's slow rolling me with uh-huh. this stuff. I guess. Uh huh. It's it's complicated, but it's it's. But you're 35. Can he come clean on that? I'm not old enough to know yet. I mean, no, I'm playing. <laughs> There'll come a time when I'm mature enough to know that information yeah, yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you get along with the guy. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's there's a WhatsApp. Um, group chat and you know they chime in there some of them do some of them don't uh, but your dad's here yeah my dad's here I'm a you know I'm a caregiver to both of my parents oh really yeah yeah so I'm a caregiver I've been a caregiver for such a long time how long mm, a long time what does that mean uh, so so my mom has always been kind of ill in one way or another 
um and then uh so like in 2013 my mom got like a brain tumor right yeah uh maybe 2012 13 like somewhere around that so they they couldn't find out what was wrong with her and they found out it was like we thought it was cancer we were like the whole shebang and it was like meningioma mm-hmm. and uh so they went in there and what they is that? so it's like a brain tumor of of, of the brain there was like a yeah. mass on the left hand side yeah they went in there they did surgery it was like insane and yeah. then you know that greatly impacted my mom's like cognition movement yeah um and then over the years it just complicated things so much and right now we're like kind of dealing with like this pretty heavy onset of like dementia and then years ago like my dad got colon cancer and you know getting treatment and you know being the only child was kind of yeah. like juggling career life and and caregiving yeah uh, as a matter of fact there was a documentary that arp studios uh they did a project right after they did a dinner with don rickles yeah they took on this project called care to laugh and they, aarp yeah aarp yeah, yeah. and uh they they followed me for like a year of like caregiving and doing mics i'm like you know at that time driving up here to do mics and that kind of thing and also juggling this like heavy stuff you know so as i'm doing comedy at night you know going back and then my dad went to Mexico to get treatment yeah and I'm left with my mom so it's like you know juggling the gardening business so it's like I I, I even said in my specials like I feel like there was a moment in time where it's like I felt like I lived the American dream backwards because I went to college follow my dreams and then mow lawns <laughs> yeah I mean so it's like that's that's life man uh but What's I, I grew, the special called again the special stay-at-home son yeah yeah it was yeah, on yeah. showtime right 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 but yeah the documentary kind of explores that but yeah it's like um, yeah, caregiving has a has a big part in 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 my comedy. I mean, and it's like that's and where the I draw definition from. of who you are. Yeah, I I, I mean, yeah, it comes so out of sacrifice. Went, and you went to high school down there in Long Beach. Yeah, yeah, I went to Wilson High School. And then, uh, and when when did they first start getting sick? Uh, so my mom had like some like knee stuff, like cartilage kind of uh, issues. So that was like that was like high school for me. And then, um, that's just walking thing, right? Yeah. It's like a walking. They they just work their, like they've always worked so hard, you know? So it's like they, you know, their body really aged and, you know, in their, in their early, uh, late fifties, sixties, it was already kind of like they were, so now they're like 75, 76, but they're, you know, they're, they've aged quite a bit just because of the work that they've had to do since they were kids. Yeah. Um, so that's like, it's, it's, it's just kind of sad but interesting that that their experience as you know uh latino americans is like just that you know that that fairly that one that it almost is not stereotypical but that he's a gardener and she was a cleaning lady yeah there's some stereotypes no but it's just sort of like you don't like that is the experience for so many you know immigrant people that they start at this level right you know it's also interesting because even though I was born here in Long Beach, born and raised, yeah, you know, Spanish was my first language. English, I, I didn't have full command of the language until um, maybe fifth grade. You yeah. Know I mean? uh, as a matter of fact, even in high school, I'm still in ESL class. Uh, yeah, ESL English as a second language classes, and I, I I went in and petitioned to get out of it by senior before senior year because I'm like. I'm not learning anything here. It's like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm rifling through stuff and it's like, there isn't a challenge here for me. Right. And then, you know, if, you know, having to deal with that and then going into city college, kind of figuring out the city college deals. Like, do I go what to college that? here? Yeah. You know, I went to Long Beach city college and then it's like trying to figure out f- like higher education. 
then transferring to Cal State Dominguez Hills, you know, I graduated there with a business degree and then uh, telling my dad that I'm t- telling my parents I'm about to be a comic. They're like, man, you have this education, something that we would have killed for essentially yeah you have this great opportunity we've sacrificed so much yeah and you're telling me you're gonna go be a clown it's like that's a hard pill to swallow but me knowing that like the work ethic the inherent the inheritance that was passed on to me early on from my dad work ethic i'm like trust me this is gonna take a while but this is gonna be a long wow. internship and that this was a- before your dad got sick that was before my dad got sick. I, I was mowing lawns with him, like on on weekends, you know, working doing at, comedy yeah. at at night or working the store at night on the weekends. So, what was it that, like, you know, what made you decide that that was the way to go? Like, in terms of, you just went to the college just to ma- uh, make sure you got, had a degree. I mean, you do what people tell you to do, and also, like, my parents wanted, like, my parents never had any schooling. I think sure. combined, they probably have a second grade education. So I know education is a big thing for me. Sure. And um, so I think I, I, I definitely wanted to do it, and and was told I needed to do it, but also felt in my heart that it was important. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to learn those skills, and um, I wanted to do this and that, and eventually, I, you know, everything clicked. I'm like. I just need to graduate because I want to do comedy. Well, what what made you realize that? When did you realize that? Just comedy, like like that burning desire to do comedy, and it's like. But who are you watching? What made you think that? Like, oh man, it's like I've I've, I've been a fan of comedy. I, I mean, so again, I don't have command of the language. So my first uh, into comedy was Mexican comedians, Chespirito, you yeah. know, who who did Chavo del Ocho, and he was such an amazing writer. Yeah, the name Chespirito breaks down to little Shakespeare. He was okay. a tiny guy, and yeah. he was such an amazing playwright. I have no idea what that guy does. Oh, man. He's he, he's amazing. Cantinflas was another one Cantinflas for me. Cantinflas was, well, that's old-timer. Yeah, old-timer during Charlie Chaplin days, sure. who Charlie regarded him as one of the funniest comedians ever. La India Maria, which was this indigenous woman. You were uh, watching Cantinflas? Yeah, I was watching Cantinflas as a kid, and that was- Because where'd you get it, on video? Uh, just on on TV and oh, uh, yeah yeah VHS that oh, kind of stuff the, on the on the uh, Mexican TV they've got repeats and stuff yeah yeah they would play stuff like on weekends on uh, Univision that yeah, kind yeah. of thing yeah and then uh, it's like slowly I start getting into stand up comedy yeah I mean I'm I'm Spanish under- speaking yes a little bit you know there was a show called Sabado Gigante and every so often they would bring in uh, comedians but they would tell jokey jokes so and so walks into a bar da 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 street jokes street jokes and I would write them down I had a whole notebook full of them but then I started getting into stand up was your dad a fan or or, or are you just watching the, uh, the television and you're just picking up on it I was probably like hyper aware to this like comedic stuff because I would see maybe my parents the only time they would like laugh and that kind of thing so I think it was one of those oh yeah core memories where I'm like everything else is shit yeah but right now they're laughing they like this so so maybe that was like a formative thing what's the other guy's name uh so you have Cantinflas you have Chespirito and Chespirito does he do uh he's not stand-up no, he's not stand up. It was it was very much like a sketches uh-huh. and almost like a like a like a sitcom of sorts. There was a sure. kid that lived in a wooden barrel, and his whole um, goal in life was to get a ham sandwich. And he uh-huh. was very poor, and he lived in a barrel in the middle of this neighborhood. And there was like uh, the the single older woman, you know, who who the college the local school professor would go over there, yeah, Professor Girafales, and uh-huh. there was a single dad with a daughter. And um, there were all these characters that had this community. Huh. Um, 
Yeah, because I don't know, like having not seen it or not understanding the language, it always struck me what little I saw, I would always sort of think that the Mexican television comedy was very broad, very big, very theatrical. Yeah, it it can be. And there were these like kind of like c- comedic archetypes that I think people gravitated. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, look at Cantinflas. Cantinflas yeah. was a street sweeper. Yeah. Like he walked around with the trash can on wheels and yeah. he would sweep and he had a red handkerchief. He had like a sailor hat. His yeah. pants were sagging. They were ripped. But he was able like... He went on to do many variations of this character. He was a priest. He was this. So he put himself in these situations and it was always very nice and endearing. And, you know, that was definitely my formative uh, comedic uh, influences moving into stand-up. Now, as a kid, I'm watching um, uh, Bobby's World. That's Howie Mandel's thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Life with Louis, Louis Anderson's cartoon. Cartoons, yeah. So you start looking at these characters. You're like, oh, they do this thing called stand-up yeah 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 and you're like oh man so you that leads into oh don rickles look at this guy how old were you when this is happening i don't know like may, uh, maybe 10, 11 or yeah that, that kind of thing yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 around that age and uh now now i'm doing a deep dive i'm I'm watching everything yeah like anything i can get my hands on you'd have to go to the record store you know buy yeah. cds and that kind of stuff and then you know, one thing leads to another. It's like uh, Kennison, you know, Bill Hicks. Where'd you find those guys? How old were you when you found those guys? Yeah, I was probably like in high school. In oh, high yeah? school. So you were just a complete comedy nerd at that point. Comedy nerd. Digging shit up. The whole thing. I'm, I'm consumed by comedy at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and I'm discovering guys like George Lopez, who's sure. like, I'm, I'm, I'm I, I literally remember the moment I got kicked out of English class in high school. It was Mrs. Linker's class. Yeah. And somebody gave me a bootleg copy of, of George Lopez's comedy album. And there's a bit in there that um, he describes the only time we went to Mexico was when a family member was sick and he goes into the act out and he's like, get up, my mom's dying. Get up, my mom's dying. And everyone would pack into a van and go down to <laughs> yeah. Mexico. And that made me laugh so hard that I got kicked out of class. <laughs> they took away my CD player. They took away the CD, which wasn't even mine. It was a bullet cop, but it wasn't mine. Yeah. I, so I can't give it back to him. I'm like in this, I'm in the hallway, supposed to be thinking about you know what I should be doing. Yeah. And I'm crying, laughing, still thinking about this bit. And it just resonated with me because we would go to Mexico quite a bit, again, for my mom and dad. Yeah. Most every weekend to go see the doctor down there because, one, we didn't have health insurance and it was cheaper down there. Yeah. And so every weekend for a long time, I think since middle school into like high school, like yeah. 11th grade, we were going every single weekend. Really? Yeah, because it's like my mom needed treatment for this or that. My father had n- needed treatment for this and that. Or if I got sick, we're going to TJ. Right. And uh, so the, I, I remember that was like, I, I, I think, a, a big kind of marker in comedy for me. So you would go to TJ to to see a doctor and then get prescriptions? Yeah. Just right there in the border town. Yeah, border town and, and Tecate. I used to spend a lot of time there in a little town uh, called Tecate. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah? Yeah, a lot of food, huh. uh, restaurants. I remember wandering by myself. It was great. There was a there was a restaurant right in front of this hospital called uh, Hospital Guadalajara. That was yeah. the name of the hospital. And uh, right in front of it, there was a restaurant called Los Albañiles, right? Yeah. You used to go over there, and for a couple pesos, you get a huge milkshake, which was just banana milk and, yeah. and some... Uh, chocolate powder yeah i mean you couldn't tell me nothing dude i was like king of the town dude i was it was yeah it was just uh it was beautiful so that like hearing george 
talk about that experience like connected you it resonated it connected and, me and, and you knew there was at least you know a uh, uh, latino voice out there yeah there was a latino voice and then you start you know discovering you know your david tells and you know it's like you mitch hedberg yeah uh stephen wright these yeah. these one-liner comics which i became so obsessed with yeah you know it's like uh mitch and 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 wright were like big uh, uh ronnie dangerfield i mean yeah. that was huge for me because economy of words the flip the derailment of this idea i mean why i mean that was literally like i i hear people describe heroin and i'm like yeah yeah, that's what that that's when I discovered Mitch Wright and and Dangerfield. That that, that was it for me. In high school? Uh this Younger. was maybe yeah, high school, uh telling the high school in into in college. Yeah. And uh yeah, just listening to like Ronnie Dangerfield's 1995 special in Vegas like yeah. these, these jokes where it's like um you so know, many. It's like my dad, I don't think he likes me. So I asked for a bubble bath, he started boiling water. You <laughs> know what I mean? It's like, wow, how did he do that? That's like no magician could ever like wow me in that way even though i love magic so much but you it's do? like yeah it, but you know it's a trick it, it's it, it's a trick but it's like like you're giving information you're slow rolling people with information yeah. and then you it, it's not this it's that i mean that's the me, turn of phrasing yeah derailment the yeah. The, the misdirection yeah. whatever people call it yeah. it's like yeah and in, insane and then yeah it, it's like and to be able to do comedy at you know whatever i bring to the table <laughs> Well, <laughs> and, uh, but it's it's great to be able to express myself in that way and also do it in Spanish. Like be be able to tour Mexico and Well, that, when did you so when did you first start doing it? Like how did that happen? Did you <laughs> like how did you like what did you put together to to start? Was it Spanish or English? English. Yeah, yeah it was in Long Beach. Um so I'm 35 I'm, I'm about to be 36. So I started when I was 20. That was yeah. the first time I ever went on stage. Yeah. Um local bar in long beach myspace days so i see the thing come up and it's like oh man that's like comedy down, night comedy night down the street i'm 20 i can't get into the bar i go in yeah and the guy running the show his name's cochino um i go i go up to him i say hey uh you know can i do some time or whatever he's a holder you know like 20 and then he's like yeah um you're not supposed to be here you know it's like yeah. we can shut down this bar kind sure of thing and uh, I'm like, so if I come back next week, can I go up and do a couple of minutes? He's like, if you can get past the bouncer, I took it at face value. I'm yeah. not very bright. Yeah. And uh, next week, I, I just show up. And I'm just kind of waiting it out. I see the bouncer kind of like I'm picking up on, on his patterns, you know, doing a little bit of recon. And then I just kind of walk in. Yeah. The show starts. I'm in the back. There was a ping pong table there. So I just kind of sat over there. Yeah. And then uh show kind of starts. I, I don't know how this works. So it's like once it starts, I go up to him. It's like, hey, so you. So He's hosting. Uh yeah, and 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 uh you know when he gets off, brings up the first comic. I said, hey, you know I'm I'm, I'm here. You said if I could get past the door guy, he's like, oh Jesus. <laughs> he's like, go up there. It gives me like five minutes. Is or there something. an audience? Yeah, it, it, it was a rough bar, so it was it was rough around the edges. Character, oh yeah, you, char a characters there, and it was a cool bar, but you know it's like it's there was a, an audience there. Is it comedy night? Yeah, it's comedy night. It, yeah. it was on a Monday. I remember that. Oh my god! And uh, so I go up there. I uh, get five minutes. Yeah. I mean, I hit him with my fire three minutes, which was nothing. I got one liners. Off. I was talking about this. Uh, uh, the, uh, there was a thing that came out on the Press Telegram, the Long Beach newspaper, and uh, they were debating in the editorial about like. <laughs> so uh, they gave this guy a last meal that was on um, 
death row. Yeah. You know, they put him in an electrical chair. Sure. And uh, his last meal, he asked for like an insane amount of ice cream and you know a bunch of other stuff. It was like a whole feast. And they were debating where their tax dollars should go to uh, towards this. So I kind of set it up very, very poorly. And I said, if if <laughs> if if I was in that situation and they asked me what I wanted for my last meal, I would ask for a Red Bull because I heard it gives you wings nothing and that at, at that point my knees start shaking i'm like hands are shaking like a borderline about to cry yeah i try to put the mic back into the stand it doesn't do it the mic falls because it's a wireless one batteries fly out i'm like fumbling out of there <sighs> and my buddy's recording the whole thing my yeah. buddy ton lee and um he's still recording i'm, I'm outside shaking teary-eyed He's like, how'd it go up there? I'm like, you saw how I went up there. It's like, turn that thing off. And he has that footage. I, 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 I want to get my hands on it, but oh. I don't, I don't really want to see it because it was so painful. I mean, I'm sweating just even telling you this. Yeah, I mean, I, I can feel it. And, and, you, and it took me a whole year before I got back on stage. <laughs> so it has wings. That's from the advertising campaign. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to bring the, that that caliber of jokes into this podcast. No, I, no, no, it's all right. I, I mean, I, we've all done that. That like it, on the page, it feels clever. How'd you tell you know? the uh, the Red Bull joke? No, I'm playing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's just like one of those things where you know you're just trying to figure out. I mean, you know, the impulse was correct. Sure. Right. You know, because you know you you were fans of guys who can turn the phrase. You know, and it made sense, mm -hmm. but it, it just wasn't strong enough to 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 take off. Yeah, not at all. So you did one joke and that was it. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did another joke about traffic cones. Yeah, it's like who decides how far away from the hazard they're supposed to be. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like you slam it to something honking after the fact or something like that. Yeah, uh, being an only child, I. I probably had like one liner in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And another one liner about uh, yeah. You get all fucking work. seven one liners, and they're like five minutes. I'm like, yeah, I got it. Yeah. In under three minutes, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm out of there. Sweating, sweating. The, <laughs> yeah, the microphone is broke. Eight eight hundred dollars in damages on my first set. So you had to pay. No, no, no. Oh, good. No. He just ran out of there. No, he, he, he never went back for a year. Never went back. I, I changed numbers, everything. He, he wasn't uh, going to get a hold of me. Okay. Even if he would have yeah. called me the next day, want to come back and try again? Nah. So what were you thinking for that whole year in terms of comedy? This is your dream and you just fucking ate it and you just couldn't bring it, pull it back together to do it again? Now at this point, your parents are sick, both of them? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, my, my my dad wasn't sick yet, but it's like my we were dealing with the stuff yeah. with my mom. I'm yeah. still in college, yeah. So I'm like, I think I'm gonna really see this through. <laughs> the college, <laughs> college, yeah. <laughs> Double down on the college. Double down on the college. I probably bought a new uh, uh, class ca uh, catalog <laughs> yeah, yeah. that day. Was that was was this before or after you told them you were gonna do comedy for your life? Oh no, that was definitely before. Okay, yeah, you 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 keep those things to yourself, Mark. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm not until you're real sure. <laughs> yeah, until you're real sure, and then you just kind of go with the motions. Oh, but it, oh it was, it was just so, so painful. So when you after a year, where'd you end up going back to, to that same place? Did no, you feel I, like you had to go. Conquer? I, I I didn't I, I didn't slay the dragon until like years in. So I was able to go back. Yeah. And um, after a year, though, where'd you go start again? Uh, it was probably at a coffee shop. There was another uh, coffee shop in Long Beach off of Cherry. Yeah, that uh, they had an open mic, and then yeah. probably like coming down out here to doing different open mics in. Uh, and in, and what in was different when you went back? 
determination. You think shows. I would have learned, but I'm like this this Red Bull thing. I think has yeah. wings. <laughs> <laughs> I think this joke has wings, no pun intended here. But. So a year later, you stuck with the joke. Yeah, I was like, it, it won't work with monster energy drink. And I, I think it's an energy-specific joke it, here. <laughs> it's so funny that you get locked into this, you know, like this five minutes or whatever, like you just can't let it go. Some guys can't let their, their material go, you know? Yeah. But like when you're starting out, you really believed in it, though. I guess that's something. When did you finally, how many times did you do it? Oh, I, to nothing I, I bombed you... my first five years. I'm oh, like, my God. Yeah. I'm a slow learner, man. Dude, total bomb? Pretty... I, I mean, I'll, I'll be very careful in how I say this story, but there was a show that I got booked on yeah. to host. I bring my parents out. And, in yeah. Long Beach? No, at the Improv in Hollywood. What was, it? what was the show? It was a show. It was a show. There was a lineup there. How, but I know. How did you get booked on that? Uh, the person running this specific show asked me to come out and, you know, comic I, run show. Yeah. It's like one okay. of those bringer type stuff. Okay. All right. All right. So it was a bringer show and I come out and how many, how many years in is this? Oh, probably five. This is, this is a f the fifth year where I'm like, I, You're I'm past, the, yeah, I'm, I'm, past, I'm past the, the Red Bull. You are past the Red yeah. Bull? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, uh, so I'm, I'm up there. I probably have your at, parents come. Yeah. My parents come. Yeah. And, uh, we're in a pickup truck. Yeah. So the three of us are sitting in the same thing. You know what I mean? So uh -huh. it's like, this is great. Sparkle in my eyes. Hopes yeah. are high. Yeah. Parents are like, we're going to see him do this thing he's been telling us about. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I worst. go there. It's the worst. It's the worst, man. It's like. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally sweating. Tell you. So so we get there. Yeah. You know, they check our IDs, uh, my, my ID or whatever. Yeah. We go in. I check in. Yeah. Mom and dad order probably some food or something. They're getting ready. Yeah, know? yeah. Exciting. Show starts. I <laughs> yeah. I go up there. I do my... Who my did, you follow, did you follow somebody? No, I'm, I'm opening because I'm hosting. Uh, oh, you're hosting? Uh, yeah, I'm hosting. And I got my flaming hot five-minute <laughs> set up top just to yeah, you know, yeah. get... Open it up. Yeah, loosen people up. Yeah. And uh, so I do that. Not good. Nothing. Next comic. Thank God. <laughs> So I bring them up and I go up there. Are you guys ready for your next one? I'm just, yeah. Right, yeah. And, and now I'm, I'm like, you know what? I should try some material. Sure. I, I got a minute or two in between. I start yeah. doing that. Um, the person who runs the show goes yeah. up to me. He's like, hey, man, I'm going to take it from here. What? I said, you sure? He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to take it from here. He's like, I'll, I'll host the uh, rest of the show. I said, it's great. So you like, had to bring oh, that guy up to, to, and you bring him up that he's yeah. going to finish it up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, so I go sit down and my dad's like, what are you doing here? Yeah. I said, was it, what well, they said, uh, to come, yeah, that they're going to host the rest of it. He's like, yeah, I can see why. Wow. He's like, let's get the hell out of here. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I, I, I would like that. You know, <laughs> I don't want to brew in this funk. Yeah. And, uh, let me tell you, uh, tough ride home. Pickup truck, three yeah. of us sitting on the same <laughs> pickup truck bench. I mean, that was, I was brutal. And my dad was like, just focus on school, man. He's yeah. like, uh, you got a good thing going over there. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, you don't know my grades, you know. It's yeah. like you don't know how well I'm doing over there either, yeah, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, it was it, it was a hard thing. So at, at that point, it's like, do I keep doing this thing? And 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 just like, why am I still doing it? Is like because I think I'm very hard headed. It's, yeah. it's like I latch on to this thing, same thing for like a like a joke or a one liner. It's like I, I get obsessed with this uh, figuring the thing out, yeah. you know. And and thank God I did. Yeah. Um, so after that, like that's, ugh, it, I just the feeling of 
disappointing family or loved ones and they're like at least your dad didn't even try to be polite in a way oh he's he that, that's not something he subscribes to he's gonna be direct and real yeah. at all times yeah and like i mean it's brutal but i mean that's really one of those sort of like you know that's it'll teach you whether or not you really have <laughs> cut out for it or not yeah but you just kept going you just kept going and yeah you keep going and at that point, it's like that—that's uh, probably when you find out you're you're meant to do something. Because dis- despite negative feedback from the audience, the people who are judging your sure. your art, your people around you, the people are like, "Why are you putting yourself through this?" And you still want to do it? Yeah, oh, just Stick people with looking it, maybe? at you like, oh, oh Jesus, that guy again. <laughs> Oh, he keeps showing up, that guy. It, it, it's almost like that character in that movie, A Million Dollar Baby, where the... Yeah, where the, oh, the, oh, yeah Jay Baruchel's character. Yeah, yeah, the, right. yeah, the character just keeps getting wailed on, but he keeps showing up. He and pays that, his gym membership a year in advance. It's like, and then, then the, the bully finally just trashes him, just yeah. beats the shit out of him Yeah, to, to wake him up and go home. That's it. Just comedy in general. That's what it does to you. <laughs> but so five years in, this is where it happens. So when do you get the job at the store? Uh, I don't, so I worked there for a couple of years. So if I trace it back from September 7, 2012, it's like, it'll be like two years. So, oh, maybe so like you two were already years at the store. You were already working at the store. Uh, I, I, it was probably, th- yeah, yeah, maybe it was already at the store. That's where it kind of gets a little foggy. And what were you doing? Of, like, what were they letting you do at the store? Uh, three minutes. So they'd let you do three minutes at, at potluck. Yeah. And, and back then there was a potluck was Sunday and Monday for yeah. us. So I could get three minutes on Sunday and Monday as a door guy. At that point, I get to develop my hot three minutes. You know, <laughs> yeah. You get one development spot a week, so you can go into the belly room, right? And you get to do five whole minutes. Yeah. And that to me was like, so I'm I'm getting, you know, eight, nine, ten. So it's like, yeah, it's like some sometimes I I would get longer sets in the belly room if it yeah. may be. So it's like. At minimum, I'm doing six minutes a week at the store, and I'm getting some money for gas to go back and forth. When when do you feel like something clicks, or at least you know you're like, all right, thank God. <laughs> I would say, I would I, I can tell you what joke uh, gave me confidence. Oh yeah, yeah. There was a joke that I had because uh, you know before I went all bald, I I had a comb over for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I had a full-on comb over. I mean, this thing was gnarly, and yeah. I would spray it on, just make sure it held together, yeah. combed it, oh, man. and uh, I would go up there and I just started talking about it, and 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 that was like it was an act out. I could flap it, the whole thing, and I think <laughs> that one really like gave me confidence because it was foolproof. And I can tell you, like I knew that I had a tough set the night before because I could I was really selling the comb over I'm like yeah you hurt your neck yeah I hurt my neck the next day I'd be a little sore on my left side I'm like oh yeah that that crowd was a little tough I guess but yeah just after a while just uh, you know one of the comics I'm, I'm really like a huge fan of and and just blown away by their writing and their as, as a person as a comic yeah. it's like Ian Edwards so it's oh, like yeah. me watching him yeah you know night after night and well he's like uh, he's like a like a like a boxer like he just you know he's like he a just, Mexican boxer yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it'll be 107 and, and, yeah. and 43 it's like how do you get that record you know yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. but he has no defeats I mean he is just so funny he doesn't miss he just and you know we became good friends and just being able to see him and over the years like you know getting better as, as a writer seeing you know being a fly on the wall I remember the, when he had dreadlocks yeah <laughs> yeah so we have that in common we used to have hair and now we're bald you know yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, man. But so. so, all right. So it was the the comb over joke that that gave you confidence. Yeah. Were you like? I always thought you were kind of. Did you ever watch Madrigal? 
Yeah, Madrigal, of course. Big fan. Yeah, he's a good comic. Yeah, he's he great. He quit. He's done. Did he quit? Pretty much. No. Yeah. Is that true? Have you seen him? Well, I, I mean, he's busy with projects, I'm sure, right no, now. No, but, but he's just sort of like, I ain't doing it. I ain't doing mm. it anymore. It's sort of such a sad thing. But he's just one of those dudes. He's like, I do all this other stuff, yeah. and this is where I'm making my living, and that didn't work out. And yeah. I just, but, you know, I can't believe it. Yeah. He, yeah. We but the store, I think, you know, being able to see a lot of the, a lot of the big names, you know, as I'm coming up, I'm seeing you, I'm seeing Madrigal, I'm seeing Ian Edwards, I'm seeing like a ton of comics, but it's also learning. I mean, that sure. that that experience yeah. of it, it, it's insane being around it all the time. Yeah, it's like I, I remember talking to you a couple times, like yeah. you know, parking your car, and then you seeing you know me do like a tough set. You, oh yeah, you, I was you, like all of a sudden it's like oh that's the it's he's doing it. He's a, he's a full fledged comic now. Yeah, and you know your your shout out that you. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. When when on on the podcast you gave me this huge shout out and people are hitting me up. It's like yo, he's giving you a shout out and some nice words. I'm like oh, there there there's things along the way that give you confidence. Yeah, and it's those things. It's like I think comedy is great. Yeah, and there's a lot of uh, fulfilling things like from the audience of like them laughing, applauding. It's like all these cool things. But I think as a comic, we can't kind of move forward without the respect of our peers, and that means so much. Sure. You know, it's like comics that I look up to, like yourself, and so many others that have been so kind and gracious with their words and, you know, yeah. provided me so many opportunities. So it's like, it feels good. It's like... Well, when did you start to feel like you could talk about, you know, your parents and, and your situation? I mean, because that's sort of... I mean, like, I, I think it's interesting that the comb over is the first kind of window into realizing, you know, what feels good as a joke, because that's very... It's revealing and it's owning something that's kind of embarrassing, and you know, kinda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but using it, yeah. so that opens up the vulnerability. So, like after you're able to kind of take ownership of those things that are so fucking embarrassing, mm -hmm. you can kind of do anything. So, how do you start to kind of open up and talk about the the shit just five minutes at a time? Yeah, so it's like. I think the real growth for me was the store being able to have 15 minutes at a time. When you finally got to be a regular, you mean? Yeah, when I finally got passed as a paid regular. When was that? Yeah, September 7, 2012. Oh, that was it? Yeah, that's when I got made a paid regular and I'm getting 15 minute spots at 1 in the morning, at, you know, one thirty in the morning, yeah, yeah. you know, right before Abravaya. You know, oh, so well, it's what's like. Abravaya, for people who don't know, is the guy who's been doing the last spot at the comedy store for like 30 years. Yeah. Is he still around? I saw him at the 50th, but I don't see him at the store. I don't hang around that late. I don't even know what that place looks I, like. I haven't seen him in a long time. I, I, I used to see him when I was there, like, l late nights, but I haven't I haven't seen him in a long time. When I was there, he used to just go do Carson's monologues. Yeah. But, uh, That's what I remember. But, yeah, it was... It, yeah, it, it was That, to me, was a big breakthrough. But, Being like, I can't even imagine what... Like, I never stay there much past 11.30, ever. So, like, at 1 in the morning, it must be, what, scattered... Like people, like 10, 15 people? Fif 10, 15. No, it, it's single digits. Mark. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I <laughs> Sorry, it's been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so your, your slow nights in the, in the golden era of comedy when you came up was 10, 15 people? Man, that's great. That's, no, uh, no, no, but I wasn't... Like I didn't like I I didn't that I didn't do that at the store. I did that shit in New York. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah. it was it was it was nine people at the beginning of the show oh, and that's then great. It, and then it stayed nine people. That would have felt like Madison Square Garden to me. Nine oh, people? Come on. In the OR? Yeah. Come on. 
Oh, there was two all... people. There was like one person, two people. It was like that kind of was thing. It that, was that during the downtime? Was it the dark period? Yeah, it was a dark period. It, so it, no one was going. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, I mean, that room was clearing out. It's like, as a matter of fact, there'd be times where it'd be just like one person that's just asleep. You know, yeah. close this tab, just stay there. You're just kind of like dozing off drunk. And you're basically playing to your peers. The yeah. person working the cover booth. Right. Or the lot guy that happened to come in and sat down and watched you. Yeah. And and at that point, it, it's a writing session. Hey, try that again. What if you said this? It's like at that point, it's like, yeah, I, I'll, I'll hold the mic and you give me But tags. was that when no one was going to the store in general? Like the shows weren't that popular? Like sometimes yeah. they'd cancel shows in the OR? I was around the time. So this it, it, is like, it started picking up when I became a paid regular. But when, I, when I'm a door guy. Guy, yeah. the main room is not working it only works on saturdays right so it, that thing is shut down and then when i became a pay regular i saw um outside promoters start going into that room and bringing life to it you know during the week um but yeah it was, was that fat tuesdays uh, uh, no, uh tripping on tuesdays was was tuesdays uh, yeah. you know so tuesday and and sunday were the only spots that i was seeing the room be oh, yeah, used yeah, for yeah, yeah. other than that it's like and and then you know over the years to see that there would be like two showings in the main room that's bonkers yeah i mean it's because i saw it when it was dead dead yeah well yeah well now it's kind of crazy huh yeah or, not, but even then like you mean when joe and uh and uh what's his name mencia uh, and everybody and like was that well, you were well, there during that no I, I wasn't there during that i oh. I, I was there when when uh uh joe Joe Rogan and uh, uh, Joey Diaz came back like around that time. Okay. It's it like when I when I saw it, I, I remember the, them coming back and the place was just bumping. I mean, it yeah. was like sold out main rooms and yeah, yeah. sold out ORs, and it's like wow. It's like um, yeah, it was it was really cool to see kind of like this. So the fifteen minutes of performing for nobody give you the confidence to kind of start pulling it together. Yeah, you start, talking about yourself. Yeah, you like yeah. you forge you, like you forge this kind of steel. You know, you're you're hammering yeah. away at this red hot steel yeah. before it like the this kind of like pocket of creativity cools yeah it's like you know I'm, I'm gonna go talk about this like my mom wearing diapers i'm gonna go talk about my dad getting cancer and being in denial you know yeah. it's like and and that's if if you're gonna present something like that it better be at 1 30 in the morning in a pitch dark room with a couple people and if you can get some if you can hear some chuckles and that kind of thing i'm like oh i'm on to something here. yeah 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 you know and then you go perform that elsewhere and maybe they're not into it but it's like that's the kind of material that i was i i later started doing as a paid regular and to be able to so even as i'm doing my special i'm not really on the road i'm, I'm not headline i'm not doing weekends really so, no it's like i i got a couple weekends leading up to it but i pieced the whole hour off of four 15 minute sets huh. i'm i'm rotating them as i get the spots and then it's like That's when I would get one nighters, huh. yeah, it's like one nighters. I, I would go in and and try to like do piece the forty five. Yeah, no, I, I would do the whole hour. It was four fifteens. Oh wow! Yeah. So that's how you were working it at the store. That's how I was working it at the store. And then once I got the, where'd you finally get? Then like, didn't where'd you get the hours? You had you had to run the whole hours. Yeah, it's, it's like getting closer is when I finally got you know an an agent, and I was started getting like. What year is this? So I filmed my special November second, twenty nineteen. Wow! So you, like you, you weren't headlining, not not complete weekends. Yeah, yeah. It just one nighters or yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Wow! So at at that point, once I'm on, on on the road leading up to like say the last six months leading up to the thing, is like I'm having some scattered weekends, like some fallout spots, some one nighters, that kind of stuff. So yeah. at, at at that point, it's like the four fifteen minute sets became. Uh, 
God, breaking stuff up in thirds. So. That's hard, man, to to just sort of be like, all right, well, this, like, especially at the store where you're like, this is this 15 minutes, this is this 15 minutes, because it's so easy to get stuck in a habit there. Yeah. You know, because you just want to do the shit that works, maybe throw a couple new ones in the middle. <laughs> right. But you're just sort of like, no, tomorrow I got to work on this total other one. I would trick myself into thinking is like, imagine I started comedy right now. Yeah. And, and I didn't have the Red Bull banger that I had before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, this is what I have right now. So I would go up and force, trick myself and force myself to do that, that only yeah. 15 minutes. And, and then some weeks I would just do that same 15 over and over again, yeah. working out a joke or whatever. Right. But it was, it, it was me tricking myself into it. And then later. And they're long form too, right? I mean, sometimes it's two or three stories, right? Yeah. Two or three stories. Yeah. So by the time I got to the special, I had mapped everything out. I would love to show you that picture afterwards, but it's like I mapped everything out. So what helped me doing four 15 minute sets what really helped me was callbacks i gotta have a callback from here to here sure it was like callbacks are like they're the greatest oh <laughs> yes they are they're they're, they're <laughs> makes audiences just like oh my god i know it's like this kind of smoke thing it. and the dove flies out of your hands yeah, and you're like yeah. I, I got another one going <laughs> yeah yeah so you're gonna love the next ones four birds come out of it yeah. yeah and at that point it's like i remember kind of weaving um at that point, I got away from the 415s once I'm I'm doing, like, weekends. Yeah. And I, I said I'm going to do 320s, so a beginning, middle, and end. Uh-huh. And so, then now, do you headline now, or what do you yeah, do? Yeah. Yeah, man. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm going, in the, I'm going on the road. I was just in Philly. Um, I'm going to Jacksonville, Florida this weekend. I got Brea so, at the end, so it's like I'm loving it. So this is like yeah, it's so wild how you put it together because you didn't do it. The, like, you didn't go from open and do feature acts. Yeah, no, I was featuring. Oh, you were? Yeah, I, I was featuring. I've, I've been opening and featuring for so long, but I uh, never had the headlining weekends. You see what I'm saying? And, and Polly took you out. Who else took you out? Yeah, uh, I went on the road with Polly, Trevino, Russell Peters, Trevino. Steve Byrne. Yeah, uh, yeah a, a ton of people have been. Uh, Steve Renazizi. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so many. I'm, I, I I hate to list everybody. Well, that's just, the big. That's the big benefit of the store is that I think you know, yeah you can go work out, but that someone will be like, let's just go do some dates. Yeah, so it, you can do the work. You can do the real job. Yeah, as opposed to just being one of those rooms over there. Yeah, and I and and I hate to name everybody just because I feel like I'm going to leave sure. somebody out, but it's like yeah, the store. You're absolutely a hundred thousand percent right. It's like you build rapport with these comics yeah, that yeah. later is like. Wait, I need somebody to open. You ready? You ready? Yeah, I'll get somebody to cover my shift, and yeah. you know, yeah. I'll see you there. And then you're you're there an hour before they show up to the, in the green room, ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> when did you uh, start working in Spanish? That happened a couple years ago. So that was that that actually happened um, when I took my mom to go do like a. Um, to go see the Virgin Mary in Mexico City. Uh, the Virgin right Mary was there. Yeah, well, not the real one. No. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we went to the cathedral in Mexico uh. City, and um, so I was going to take her there because she was going to have that surgery, that, that uh, brain surgery. Yeah. So it, it was kind of like, a, and in and, and, and Jewish culture, they call it a mitzvah, yeah, know, yeah, kind yeah, of sure. like a trip. Yeah. And uh, so I was taking my mom on this on this trip and, you know, make sure everything was in order. So I took him down there, and that's kind of... I think even a little before that, I had tried it out here, but I did it in Mexico City at this uh, spot called the Shakespeare Forum. Uh huh. And it was great. And it was fun. You just fun. did your regular act? Yeah, I translated stuff. And then that was another learning moment for me because you realize some similes and metaphors and wordplay, double Don't entendres are, 
are different. You have a different set of right. double entendres and, and puns to work right. with. So um, things weren't working. I had to pivot, adjust. So it's like it felt like I started all over again. Huh. Like I, I felt like I was in the back, like in that pickup truck. But you driving know home. the language. Second, it's your second, it's your first language. So, well, well, my dad would say it's like you're gonna end up mute because you can't speak Spanish or English well. It's like eventually you're in this purgatory of yeah. of of language. Yeah, yeah. Where you lose kind of this and yeah. you gain that and vice versa. So, so I, I come to find out that I'm fluent in Spanish, but not Mexico City Spanish. You know. Oh, okay. So it's like that was a realization, and then me working on it and performing. And it worked then, but I would say that I'm a lot better now than I was then. Like this past weekend, actually, no, I was in Oxnard this weekend. So I did the weekend, four shows, Friday and Saturday shows were in English. But at the, the Sunday improv? Sh- yeah, at the improv, the yeah. Levity Live uh, here in Oxnard. The Sunday show was in Spanish. Uh-huh. And I was able to do- How many people come out? Did you sell it out? Uh, the English ones were like, they, it's the first time where I'm like, oh, wow, like people are coming out, you know? Yeah, yeah. But the Spanish one, it's kind of new. It's a new thing. So sure. it's, it's kind of hard to- reach kind of the spanish-speaking demographic because maybe they're not plugged into right. the, to the email list, list. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that kind of thing but you know people did come out and be able to do an hour in spanish and it's like a hybrid of like the old hour and the new hour and just being in the moment like i have command of the language now where i'm like hey i, I could talk to this audience member maybe a little bit of crowd work that sets up another joke but it's it, it, so it's a just, nice place you're becoming proficient in spanish with it comedy yeah. yeah so like Esparza does that too right yeah yeah and I think Segura does it absolutely huh yeah so Tom Segura and and like we used to like uh we put on this show at the at the at the improv in the little lab yeah it was like Francisco Ramos Fabricio Copano and I yeah and uh we you know it's like the room holds 20 people yeah and um Tom Segura and and um and Felipe were kind enough to come do the show a couple of times and you know, kind of jam out. So it was cool. It's kind of like doing comedy in Spanish just feels like a basketball player, like a working on your left. Yeah. It's like yeah you got to right. work on that. You know, it feels yeah. good. Right. You know, to be able to sink those baskets with your left. But, yeah. You know, English is my, like I think in English now. You yeah. Know, it's like my dominant. But I mean, just on a business level, you know, if you can build out the Spanish market for yourself, I mean, fuck dude, it's a whole other world and there's, you know, thousands of people. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, LA's Spanish, man. Yeah. I mean, Texas, Arizona, <laughs> yeah. there's all these beautiful markets, Miami. But going to Mexico, it's like, it's like I see the Mexican comedians right now killing yeah. it. Yeah. And it's like stand up comedy as we know it here in the States. It's yeah. still a very, like, early young art form in Mexico. I think roughly the, the eldest comic in Mexico is like 10 years into comedy. Yeah, you know, and they're putting out specials, you know, year after year. It's like it's, totally new there. It's 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 a gold rush right now. Yeah. You know, people are rushing into premises. Well, to, well, are you going to go shoot a special in Mexico? Yeah, so I'm 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 going to go shoot it uh, this year. So I have the first hour that I'm that I translated. The dream would be to sell a double special of like Spanish and English for every hour here on out, like right. m- much like a book. You know, Esparza does that. Yeah, Esparza did that. Yeah, yeah, and it it was great, and that has. You know, for a long time, been my dream of like if I could do that. How do your parents feel now about your choices? My dad still reminds me of this job where I wore a tie, <laughs> and I said, "You know, I I, I, I sold clothes at at, at Robinson's yeah. May. Yeah. It was a department store." Uh-huh. He's like, "But you wore a tie." Yeah, you know. So my dad still hints at it. My mom's like, hints at what? He wants you to wear a tie. Or he wants you to not be a comedian. Not be a comedian. He's like, man. It's like I don't know, like. He's like, there's an easier way to do this, man. <laughs> to do life? <laughs> to do life, to kind of... I think what it comes down to, it's like, 
I think parents don't want you to suffer or have the same path of resistance that sure. they did. So I think they want to lessen that. But it's like, you know, it's like if only they could really comprehend that I'm happy doing this and I want to do it for the rest of my life. And yeah. if it's all when it's all said and done, if I, if I could just put out special after special, it's like. Yeah, man. And I'm you good. keep writing new. Like, even last night when I saw you, what's your girlfriend's name? Uh, Adria. Yeah, she's great. Thank it, you. It seems like she's uh, on board. Very supportive. For the, for absolutely. the full ride. Oh, yeah. Okay, how long has that been going on? A couple years. It's, All right. It, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a few years, actually. Because, like, I just know, like, you came out. Because I know what that audience last night. It was a little chaotic. <laughs> it was a little chaotic. Yeah, uh, I did was. both rooms. Like, I wasn't even booked in the main room, but Ross didn't show up till late. So I went on. But it was just one of those nights where it was like, you know they they weren't bad but they were just sort of distracted or something and it was just a, you could just feel that weird a little bit of chaos mm -hmm. in the room you know so it, but you could focus on you got enough people laughing to where you you know it could sustain your set yeah and not just be like no i want to fucking leave my body <laughs> but i mean i saw you come out you know and you're like it was great i'm like buzz it though was it great? Uh, and, and and I was very I was very honest. I said for what I'm trying to do, yes, <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> I'm doing new premises, and I yeah. wasn't phased by the lack of laughter or you know just whatever little pops I got with the thing I'm, I'm yeah. working on. It's like that was great. Well, when you're doing the new shit, with which is great, you know, like when you finally because I'm like at that point now, like I don't know where this a lot of this material I'm doing now came from. Like, I'm doing these two-hour shows, mm -hmm. and, you know, nice. some of it... Yeah, but some of it's not going to stick, you know, and some of it will, but, there, it, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. But I realize, like, there's things I need to talk about, and, you know, I have to consciously kind of like, all right, well, figure out, you know, what you want to say, you know, and just get it out there. Like, and you know that weird feeling, like, there's an excitement to doing it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and when it fucking tanks... You're just sort of like, well, how committed am I to this? And, but the thing you start to realize is like, well, if I believe in it, I got to make it work. Yeah. And that's the one thing, you know, you don't really talk about to yourself, which is like things can tank, but like it's all, it's a, if you have faith in it and you keep tweaking shit and it, it'll eventually come to life. Right. But, but, you know, there's a lot of things that I do impulsively and I get big laughs and I forget, but like when you really focus on something uh -huh. and then you sort of go and you make it work, like the only problem with that thing is like, you know, once it's really working, I'm like, no, that's, that's done. Do you know, like, you know, it's so like, funny. We do put a kind of a expiration thing. It's like, all right, that's done. Yeah. And like, either you keep doing it or you just sort of like, that was a good challenge. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then it just goes away. So the new shit's kind of working. Yeah. I think the new stuff is working. Talking about my mom wanting a new walker. Uh-huh. That feels oh, good. good. It's um, something that's all relatable shit, too. I'm finding, you know, talking about grief and my dad's Alzheimer's mm. and shit. It's like, that's where it's at, dude. Like, yeah. in some ways. Because, like, all that kind of stuff, like, kind of shouldering, you know, the real challenges mm -hmm. of life and, you know, people you love, you know, getting sick or, you know, or you getting sick or losing people. It's like, what else is there, really? Right. Well, you want, how, how much can you talk about the fucking Kardashians or, yeah. you know, Amber uh, Heard or whatever the fuck her name is, you know? So, so how do you kind of challenge yourself or like to talk about things that maybe seem a little too vulnerable like when you start talking about your father yeah it's hard to like you know why usually it starts like a pretty pretty uh you know cynical kind of dark mm -hmm. you know and then i feel it out you know like there's there's a beat that i'm doing that's just never like occasionally it'll get the big laugh and i can't determine what makes it happen or what doesn't mm -hmm. you know but it's a matter of like you know rising above the sadness of it it's delicate 
because what you're talking about is sad as fuck. Mm -hmm. So like you better have a good relief valve in there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's the challenge I think of those jokes. It's like I'm just you know it's like from the get go this is sad shit, but I've got this little twist mm -hmm. that's going to turn it around and relieve you of that sadness literally, you know. Right. You can feel it. Who the fuck knows what makes it happen? I'll stick with shit that's sad doesn't go any I'm like I'm doing a thing on stage it's horrendous. Yeah. It's horrendous and it's unnecessary because I I'm literally saying I don't know if you watched it but I'm saying like I don't know what we're supposed to be doing as comics. Yeah. Like I can't just entertain you. I the weight of the world is on all of us and we know what's going on. It's horrendous. So I say the metaphor I'm sort of working with as as what our job is is um you know when someone's sick and dying in the hospital yeah. and they're they're going to die. There's yeah. no, you know, you know what they hear from everybody they know in the weeks leading up to them dying? You're going to get through this, man. You're strong. <laughs> You're going to do it. You don't worry about it. You're going to kick this thing. That's the comedian's job, right? <laughs> yeah. Just kind of hold a hand and just- the, uh, Of the world. Of, of the yeah. world, it's yeah. It's like, you know, uh, but it's see, like, again, it's not funny, but for some reason, I think it should be. So I, I don't think, know. I think it's great. And then certain premises, it's like, it, I, I really believe in this thing called stand-up comedy. It's a art, you know, and sometimes you just have to do it for the sake of just doing it. I feel like it's such a- like a imprint and like being able to get that out and yeah certain jokes aren't 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 funny you know but they're still jokes yeah you know there's you know it comes out as a certain way and and i don't know comics we're so twisted in our minds that sometimes you say something you're like oh that's not gonna be like good it's not gonna sit well with me tonight or tomorrow i'm be uh, thinking like why did i say that yeah. that could have been this it's like a it might be disrespectful. for a year man the red red bull for a year I still, I, I tried it last night, actually, Mark. That's why I said it, 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 it was great for what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to bring back this Red Bull wing thing. Dude, I hate fucking, like, I felt it the other night, man, when you're on stage and you get that sweat on the back of your neck. Ooh. And you're like, oh, man. Those two beads just racing down the vertebrae. Yeah. Have, like, the yeah, little spinal like, cord canal. It, it, you don't have no control over it, but it happens when you got to work. You're up there and you just kind of like lean forward. You just feel the elastic of your box just uh, snap down. When well, you yeah, sit, because like, like oh, you no. know it's like it's ain't landing. It's not landing, <laughs> and that still happens, you know. And I and I get off and I'm like fuck, God, but, they just saw the sadness. Yeah, I, there was a premise that I tried to tackle that was just like I think I'm not. Yeah, it's like so. So the idea was that like you know my mom's health is bad, but my parents are not married. My 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 dad is now able to. Um, Mary, so my dad comes to me. He's like, "You can't make this shit up." He's like, "Hey, I've, I've been thinking of marrying your mom," and I'm like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah. And I don't know what to say. Yeah. And he got really upset because I'm like, "I don't know, you know, take her out for coffee or something, you know." <laughs> and then he's like, "Hey, I'm being freaking real right now, dude." He's like, yeah. I'm like, "I don't know what to tell you." And then your com, it, it, it's such a weird, touchy thing for me. But at the same time, like the the comedic mind to kind of let yeah. the comedy in these yeah. painful, yeah vulnerable moments yeah it's like you know start thinking of the premises like well who's gonna have to marry him you know yeah. it's like my parents don't <laughs> yeah. speak or read english yeah I'm, I'm gonna be officiating the thing is like going into like these hypothetical premises yeah, 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 it's yeah, like, yeah. you know my mom is hard of hearing yeah. mom do you take that yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like that's what relieves the pain i think and presenting that on stage is like like just like you said it's like ah shit the audience saw the sadness in there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I got to tweak that a little bit. Yeah, it's not ready. Let's just, let that brew a little just bit. It's coming out sad. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's all right, man. It's like, uh, well, that's, I mean, that's the real risk of it. You know, if you're just doing jokes that are just jokes and you're just doing them like math problems, yeah. you can just reel them off. They're like, well, that would they like, but when you, like, because I go all in all the time and you do that too, where you just put your heart into it. So when they don't work, you're like, yeah. it's not just sort of like the embarrassment of a joke not working. It's like, oh my God, it's got a little heartbreak, <laughs> got a little heartbreak there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. We're, we're tough. Good talking to you, man. Thank you so much for having me. Jesus Trejo, go see him if he's coming to your town, and you can also watch him on his Tacos Con Todo show. Here's a messy guitar riff that I tried to pull together, uh, and I kind of fucked it up here and there, but I rolled with it. I rolled with it. I rolled with the mud and the sludge. Cat angels everywhere. <laughs>